0: You are now listening to the Socks and Sandals Podcast. Peace, family. My name is Emmanuel Williams. I am the creator and curator of the Socks and Sandals Podcast. Now, I would estimate that if you are here, if you are listening to this, you are someone that is a very thoughtful person. You take the time to go past what is just given by, the, by social media, by the traditional media and you're you're searching and you're seeking out atypical forms of media specifically black media right you want to hear unapologetic conversations about race about religion about empowerment about entrepreneurship there's all these things that can equip you to live a better life one of the things that i have noticed for myself that has been invaluable to a point is having an amazing, solid, rock solid, foundational grasp of what racism is and how it works. Okay, I cannot stress how important it is to know it, because once everything clicked, once I had that awareness the world changed it's crazy you don't know how ignorant you are until you're not ignorant right and as much as I would read and as much as I thought I knew I had no idea about what racism was and how it worked you know we always tend to blur the lines between racism and racial prejudice. And these are two totally different things. I cannot stress how different they are and how they function. It's two totally different things. And because we as a people in America and even around the globe, because we don't know what racism is and how it works and how it operates, we are at a strong disadvantage. To the actual racist that think speak and act in that manner and that run the world in this manner right and so I have created a four week digital course called Know Your Enemy alright and this course takes we, we go back to the 15th century alright we go back to Western Europe Spain Portugal we go back to the, to the Pope's You know, Roman Catholicism, we go back to all of that. We get to the foundation. We get we get to the root of modern day racism, white supremacy. Okay, And I'm telling you, once we once we wipe out massive ignorance, then we can actually get somewhere and make progress. But the reason why we keep having similar marches, similar protests, similar messaging, we go back to the 60s damn we go we go back to the 20s you got black people fighting for the same thing and now that there's more immigrants you have non-white people hispanic asian but primarily at this point in time as we see with the george floyd ahmaud arbery Bianca taylor murders black people fighting for the same thing and even white people getting in fighting fighting the system but we don't even know what the system is and how it works we don't know how it came to be okay and so until we have a supreme knowledge of what it is we are going to continue to go in circles i promise you actually i don't even have to promise you you can just look at history and see how things have been going and nobody knows what to do and be- and nobody knows what to do because they don't know what they're up against and they don't know how racism works, how it operates. They don't know when it was established, why it was established. They don't know how it dehumanizes. They don't know a racist thought from a prejudiced thought. They don't know racist speech from prejudiced speech. They don't know racist action from prejudiced action. They don't know how the system works, all right? email me socks and sandals podcast at gmail.com put course in the subject line put your name and number in there i'm going to give you a call we're going to do a 15 to 20 minute call it's a quick call to make sure that this course is right for you there's only 12 spots okay i'm only doing 12 this is going to start the second week of, of september if you're ready for that truth if you're ready for change if you're ready to rid yourself of ignorance not from a shame point, but just a, a point of equipping yourself so that you can actually build. OK, and so we can stop going in circles. Hit me up. Socks and Sandals podcast at Gmail dot com. All right. Now, let's get to the show with Chris Dixon and Portland Sneaker Week. Let's get it. All right. What up, everybody? I want to welcome you all back to the Socks and Sandals podcast where society, culture, history and religion collide. And we unapologetically discuss our worldviews. It's your guy, Emmanuel. I'm back in my living room. Whipping it up, and I have a very special show for you today. Um, I have teamed up with the good folks at Portland Sneaker Week and Better Marketing. I've been afforded the opportunity to speak with one of the more celebrated shoe designers of this generation. In 2010, he won Nike's Future Soul competition. He won for not only his dope take on designing a Jordan shoe, but also in part to his layered storytelling, performance insights, and cohesive brand story celebrating Jordan's team roster in 2012 he placed first in the dress category for the footwear news's future of footwear competition then in 2016 he won the entire footwear news future footwear contest and now mm-hmm. we're not we're not done yet in 2017 he won the, the pencil and foot locker world sneaker championship which led to the launch of his winning design the following year that also led to his current role as the design lead at over both design and product at Penso here in Portland, Oregon, where he works on collaborative footwear designs for brands all over the world. In 2019, at the first annual African-American Footwear Forum in Washington, D.C., he was named by Nice Kicks and Penn Soul as one of the Future 50. This was a group of 50 creatives that were identified as being instrumental in shaping the future of the athletic industry. And most importantly, he's a husband, a father, and a highly respected man amongst his peers. I present to you one of North Carolina's finest, Mr. Chris Dixon. Chris, say what's up to the people, bro. Man,
1: what's good, everybody, man? I appreciate that Uh, that intro, man. That's like, it it's like reminiscing like, <laughs> real fast.
0: <laughs> but nah, taking, you, taking you back down memory lane, huh? Man, really,
1: man. Like Word. Some of those things I forgot about, man, until you said it. It's like, wow.
0: <laughs> oh man, he he done, he didn't forgot about more designs than y'all trying to put together right now, man. That's that's the, that's the greatness that's in front of you guys right now, you know. Oh
1: man, that's that's <laughs> wonderful. I appreciate you having me though today, man. It's it's a blessing.
0: No doubt, man. No doubt, man. So, um, before we get started, um, big salute to Jonathan Riley and the folks at Portland Sneaker Week and Better Marketing, um, oh, you know, for making this happen. <laughs> Yeah, man. T- tell me about Charles' relationship. How you guys met, and, and what that's been about for you.
1: Oh, man. I met Jonathan you know, first thing week. Um It was like two years ago now. Like, mm-hmm. uh know, that's that's Herbert's right hand man. Word. And I, I seen them like, uh, you know, Herbert's over marketing. Mm-hmm. And so, so seeing Jonathan come through and you know, hearing hearing what he's done at Nike and venturing off, like, we having a conversation at Penso
2: and,
1: you know, he's, he's one of those brothers that, you know, he knows what he wants to do and he has a eye for forecasting and connecting the dots. Yeah. And, you know, we had a conversation with, like, man, Jonathan, like, you got it, you got it together, bro. Like, <laughs> and, and anything I needed and any help I needed, man, Jonathan was willing to, willing to help me um, marketing-wise because, you know, in my past, like, that's been my, it's been the weakness, you know, with you know, design and like trying to share it as an introvert. And Jonathan was that guy, like, yo, this is dope, man. I'm gonna speak for you, like, you're gonna be quiet, I'll be loud, like.
0: Yeah. So you know, Jonathan's
1: been a, a I don't know, just a, a good, good individual, man. Like, um, sharing thoughts, and elevating thoughts, and, and always willing to work and help you get better. So yeah, it's Jonathan. Jonathan's mm-hmm. a brother
0: yeah man Those the type cool of people you gotta one. you gotta keep around man you gotta gotta make sure you you cool with that dude and, and build a relationship man because he's gonna he's gonna take things to the next level man so it's it's dope to for me to be able to meet him and and see what he's been doing in uh such a short amount of time what, what Portland sneaker week has grown into man it's just it's amazing to see
1: create community man yeah everybody's talking about for the culture man and you know, Jonathan and herbert was always talking about community right. A lot of people to understand it. it just takes a village to make something, you know, a momentum or uh, a thing like Sneaker Week continue to happen. It's a lot, of, a lot of hard work in the background that the boys are really putting in, and I respect it. Yeah,
0: that's a fact. So for those that don't know, uh, Portland Sneaker Week here in 2020 is, is August 7th through the 14th. And Sneaker Week, basically, it it's uh, like what, what Chris is saying, like it, it curates an organic experience that brings people together, creates community. So it brings like sneaker enthusiasts, industry influencers, influencers um, aspiring creative professionals all to Portland, you know, the sneaker capital of the world. And if y'all don't know, we got Nike in our backyard. Um, Adidas is like 15 minutes from my house here, house here in North Portland. Uh, what else? we got Columbia sportswear? What's that? Under Armory? Oh yeah, Under Armory. Yeah, at they they moved here not too long ago. So yeah, you got all these all these brands right here in Portland, and uh, what better place to have a sneaker week, man?
1: True, no
0: doubt. <laughs> so before we get into your story, Chris, tell uh, tell folks I mean, I, I've told them a lot about you, but tell us what we don't you know. Tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and what's a typical day in the life of Chris Dixon.
1: Oh man, I'm from Fayetteville, North Carolina, man, home of the Dreamers, and mm. Fort Bragg, Army, military town. Um, but nah, man, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a dad, man, I'm a designer dad.
0: <laughs>
1: the balance that, that, I, that I have, man, just, um, you know, having a family and, and then doing what you love, it's, it's almost like you can't, can't have a better life if, if that's what you want, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, I always wanted to be a designer when I was a kid. Um, actually, I wanted to be an inventor. I always wanted to invent. I thought the whole George Washington Carver, him inventing as a black man, it intrigued me as a kid when we were learning about um, our black history and, and the little bit that he gave us, like that that, that was the thing that intrigued me the most, like mm. the art side and creating something that was never, never there. Mm. So yeah, that was, when I was a kid, I always wanted to be an inventor and then the whole sports thing, having a big brother, seeing him pick up the ball, like, I was drawn, but he was balling, so I want to do what he did, so I started balling. Yeah. And, you know, that became the, the, the goal, too. Um, but kind of intermingled, man, just because of what we watched on TV in the golden age that was, you know, 90s basketball was just insane.
0: Couldn't go wrong. <laughs> if you had the if you had the chance to witness Jordan, man, like there's there's no comparing, you know, and and a lot of people, with all due respect, they want to compare LeBron, but it's just it's just different. It's different, man.
1: Different, It's truly different. And I feel like I've I've been in a, um, a great spot to where I was able to see like Magic, Jordan, Kobe, LeBron, like, all the greats, like coming up as a kid, but people. I don't know, I, I also like feel grateful because all the shoes that, that we were like, they were like the first of the right. in, innovation like, age and getting to see that and being inspired from that led me to start you know, start drumming. Yeah. In a nutshell.
0: <laughs> and then you, you from the Ville, so you and Cole is tight, right? That's that's your mans, huh? Nah, nah, nah. nah.
1: <laughs> we, you know, Cole, Cole was, uh, I went to this this um this private school for a little bit and Cole was actually like in the grade below he was in that school but I didn't I didn't know him my oh, friend for Corey, real? Corey Johnson that was like on my high school team he knew Cole. hmm But um nah we played against Cole, Terry Sanford, man. Yeah. When I was when I was in twelfth grade, he was in eleventh grade.
2: Okay. Yeah.
1: But uh that, that was the nice. deal you can play but like, if you're in the field you gotta be able to play basketball man
0: oh okay that's that's how it is out there yeah bro like you gotta
1: you gotta hoop or you're gonna be into something else but
2: <laughs> every, like,
1: we had some crazy talent in fairville as far as hoopers man like if we had all the, the social media that we had now it'd be so much more talent that that you would hear about coming from fairville yeah yeah but that's that was that was a lifestyle man like,
0: that's a man. fact, man. That's that's how it was out here in Portland, man. Like if you if you weren't balling, like who who are you? <laughs> you, yeah, you know, yeah. like I didn't you you just especially as a as a young black boy growing up in Portland, like I knew everybody from basketball. Um, you know, uh, everybody out here, especially like the SEI camp. I don't know if you heard about that, you know. I yeah, yeah. So like if you didn't go to SEI camp, like I don't I really don't know who you are. And you're really not, you're not you're not significant out here. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, <laughs> so, Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. So it's it's different now though, man, cause I be looking around and like we used to, everybody was, was balling at Irving Park, you know, in Northeast Portland all the time, and so okay. they're they're starting to bring that back, but but balling in the park that was just a way of life, and nowadays kids like they playing video games and
1: yeah, they're playing you know, the
0: they, they playing 2K, they playing <laughs> 2K heaviness, and we didn't have that luxury of having that dope game to to really throw ourselves into we had to play for real to get that rush. But now you got video games that can give you the same thrill. So it's, it's a little different out here, man.
1: It's true, man. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's a little different, but, um, so yeah, man, I mean, you, you kind of kind of took me right where I wanted to go because, you know, you, you talked about the beginning, um, and you said, George Washington Carver. Was there any other, was there any designers? Um, because what I, what I think about is, you know, growing up, we like what we were talking about before, you know, we started recording just East Bay and, and reading through that. And we always looked at the shoes. But as me, as a as a young black male, like I didn't think of this is what we do or this is what we can do when it comes to designing shoes. Um, So what sparked that thought? Like, when did you start thinking, yo, I'm going to start actually design. I'm going to get into that because that yeah. would never come across my mind, you know?
1: So I I was I was doing that like in seventh grade. I started in seventh grade because I couldn't get the shoes that I wanted. So I started drawing them, and then like it was like ninth or tenth grade when it was I think it was ninth grade, ninety nine. Like when Flight Positive One came out, and my homeboy James wore that joint. And just like I looked at him like yo like who like who did that?
2: Mm. Somebody had
1: to draw this like because I was drawing them, and it sparked that 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 thought like. Maybe I can like figure out who, you know, who did it. And um, what's that, Nike Talk? So I didn't have a computer at the, at the house. So I went to the library and looked up Nike Talk and one of my homeboys, I think it was, his name was Urban. He had beat maker. Mm-hmm. But you know, he put me on a computer like, yo, you can, you can, you can you try to find these people. Like, just in like Nike, your designs. Yeah. But I had to figure out who did the flight project. one.
2: I mm. found
1: out it was Eric A. Barr and they had some of his sketches in there and it was like, yo, I want to do that. Mm. That was the first time i actually seen like a, a person or a, besides like with the show, us like the East Bay magazine, or we see seen the Vibe magazine, or Slam magazine. Mm. Like, that was the first time I got to see behind the scenes of somebody actually sketching the shoot. Mm. And that's when I was like, man, that's what I want to do. Went to my guidance counselor, like, how can I be a shoe designer? She looked at me like, oh, oh what? Right. <laughs> you wanna do what? Right. Um, how about x ray, radiology? Oh.
0: You know, it was they, like, there's like, just, just get a good job. You know, this pays it, well, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it kind of deflated from like that point of view of asking like somebody in school to just like, I just kept doing it. Because it made me feel good, you know. Mm. Until I started washing, washing cars and cutting grass to get that extra money to buy shoes. <laughs> that was, like, you know, my satisfaction of that. You know, In the Smith would have Barry Sanders joint that just dropped, or the Penny that just dropped. Like, I'm going to just sketch them out. And I got them all, you know, in my sketchbook.
0: So after they would drop, you would start sketching and just do your own iteration of it? Oh, yeah. So...
1: You know my friend Ronald, man, he was a little spoiled kid, mm. and he used to get them all. You know what I mean? He was oh. all out. And I used to, I used to see him like, hey, he was to look good if they were like in blue, and I sketched mm. to blue. You know what I'm saying? Or, yeah, it was just that that type of vibe.
0: So you was you was remixing them early.
1: Oh yeah, oh yes. Yeah. What's up? Yeah, putting the putting the little I had like marker paint. Yeah, I used to switch the swoosh switch on them like. Put the red swoosh on. Mm-hmm. I
0: had like an AU team that I didn't have like. I couldn't get another pair of shoes, so I just <laughs> I just painted them. Just customizing <laughs> on the on the fly. And my
1: homie's like, man, your mama whoop your butt, man. She <laughs> painted on the shoes. Like, yeah, bad, bro. <laughs> it's,
0: it's funny because you know my son, he's he's kind of into that, so he took some LeBrons of mine. Hey, hey, Lash, grabbed him. Uh, grabbed them LeBrons you painted. So he took some LeBrons of mine and just painted over them. And I was just like, okay, you got a little creativity to you, man. So do you, do you come Damn. across that where, like, um, you know, kids ask you about um, customizing and, and painting shoes? Like, what would you say to them uh, if they wanted to do that? Man, you know
1: what's cool? Um, like, my daughter, my daughter Jay, she, uh, she comes to work with me, like, sometimes. Like, when I first got here, I had no babysitter. Mm. So she had to come to work with me. And, uh, you know, Suzette, the uh, M-Lab's um, instructor um, and founder of the M-Lab, we have materials and colors. And that's, that's what that studio was about. Mm-hmm. They used to spend time in there, man. And, and she started to understand what, what colors and materials and like doing colorways are about. So, you know, I started doing little sketches and she'd do the color. That's a good way to like show them like storytelling and like, you know, she like she loves like unicorns, so she do a unicorn colorway. And then she loves cotton candy, so she do a cotton candy colorway.
2: Mm.
1: And then get the Mario Brothers, and then like it's a good way to like let them creatively um, express themselves. Yeah. Through color, and color is so easy because it's so elementary. Yeah. So all you gotta do is provide the lines, and then they provide color, man, and it just. It's rewarding to see, like, a kid's creativity. That's dope. Man, like, you come up with that? Like, yeah. oh, snap. Like, it make you want to show it off.
0: Sorry. Let me let me show you what he did. I don't know if you can see it. But he took these bronze and he Ooh. painted over them. You know yes, I mean? sir. Yeah. What's the story behind him? Did he have a little story? Lars, come here, man. A little inspiration story? That's a good question. I didn't even ask him. Like some outer space, some
1: massive
0: popping in there. Yeah, man. What's the what's the inspiration behind this, man? What's going on? I didn't really have come on, one. come come closer to the mic. I
2: didn't really have
0: one. You didn't really have one?
2: Um What
0: was going through your mind? Break it down.
2: I wanted it multicolored. Mm-hmm. Um, and I forgot what shoe I was modeling in. It. Yeah, Speak, so kind of mic. like the solution stuff that's like space theme and then
0: let me see let me let me show it as we you know what i mean so the space we got the space theme space cool. vibe in there man I felt I like the, yeah
1: little planets little swoosh mm-hmm. planet
0: mm, okay i can
1: dig it, can dig it.
2: these colors are much colors.
0: Oh, your favorite colors
2: yeah
0: okay so so he remixed them and I call them the air dad bods, you know what I mean? So that's Oh man. That's, so, <laughs> that's where I went with that. Appreciate you. Can you get back? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Yeah, man. Right.
1: That's great, man. Like get them, get them going early, man. For sure. That can be size also like when you, when we start, you know, getting good at it.
0: For sure. Do you is it is there like a for kids that or just anyone that wants to get into that, is there a specific fabric that's better? Like, should he be painting on leather versus uh, cloth or whatever?
1: Uh, I think Angelus have, like, leather paint. Yeah. And, like, acrylic paint can definitely work as well. But Angelus is, is a way to go when you customizing my like, shoes.
2: Word. I'm not big on
1: customizing, man. I'm, I'm more so, uh, like, like taking a blank piece of paper and, and like, creating something with a girl story behind Word. it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then you know we'll eventually get to color <laughs> material, no doubt. Yeah.
0: Well, shoot, man, let's uh let's let's take it back because you you were talking about storytelling and and so let's go back to 2010 when you won um the Nike Future Soul competition. Now I I watched a clip. It was dope. It was like a two minute clip, but I watched a clip of you explaining your design of the Jordans, and you and you got to the to the perf. I believe you said the Perfs we're in the shape of the top of the Dean Dome at the UNC Chapel Hill. And you used 24 perfs for the 24 players on Team Jordan. And it immediately made me think of mm-hmm. Virgil Abloh's speech um, on the Lupe Fiasco EP. Have you heard that? I haven't. Oh, man, you got to hear it, bro. So it's a, it's a five-song EP. I think it's called Home or House or something like that. But he has a track called Shoes. Um, and so it's like it's Virgil talking and then Lupe rapping but on that track Virgil said when he designs his goal is to add emotion to inanimate objects mm. how does that statement resonate with you bro? Man
1: it sounds artistic it sounds like this canvas is his canvas you know what I
0: mean?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Virgil Virgil not like I can't look at Virgil as a designer. I look at him as an artist, mm, okay. because of how he used um, his inspiration. Mm. And uh, yeah, that's it's it's hard to interpret uh, an artist, um, you know, the way they the way they do their art. Like that's his recipe, and that it could come out on it could come out any different way, like depending on the canvas. Mm. Like just thinking about what he did with the fours and thinking about what he did with the ones, like those are all different Mm canvases. It was his way, you know what I'm
0: saying? Well, tell me, tell me about your process. I mean, you you talked about storytelling. Um, Was that a was that a concept that you already understood? You know, at an early age about design, or is that something that you learned? Somebody put you on some game? You know, how did you come across that concept?
1: A storytelling.
0: Yeah, like storytelling in your in your design. Is that like a is that something that when you go to school that's already taught, or is that something that you always always had in you, always always had a part of you?
1: It was kind of naturally um then, but I started learning with that uh future future soul competition. Like started to break it down. Um, we were signed a mentor, my mentor at the time. Um, he was we were even sharing the process of how, like, you start with a brief, like, why is this, this why is this thing even, like, why are we designing this or who we designing it for. So with the Future Soul, I learned, like, okay, this this shoe that I'm designing is for a college athlete, and I was just like leaving school, so I know all about the college athlete, what they needed as a as a as a hoop shoe. So you start taking those those problems that the athlete had, and you. You try to solve them creatively, and that's why, like, I mean, I got detailed with, you know, like, the perforation. You need perforation because it needs to be breathable. But going a step further and, like, looking at the aerial view of the Dean Dome and taking that shape and making that the perf, it, it brought in another level of thinking and, like, storytelling. So, you know, the athlete could, you know, or someone from North Carolina can really appreciate that. Um... So yeah, the, the, the process was learned through, you know, those competitions and, and D1 and Edwards, like you know, after I won that, like kind of, you know, invited me to Pencil. And that's when I like really learned like Pencil Prep. That was, two, that was like 2012. And that's when I really learned the, the art of storytelling and you know, finding the consumer and targeting that consumer and making sure you have a story that they can relate to. Mm-hmm. And then the product will, will definitely um can be bought by that person or someone else can relate to it as well. Uh, so storytelling is, is powerful, man. It's it's key within design. Yeah. You gotta have like some purpose of why the shoe needs to exist because so why would we need another shoe? It's like a accessory.
0: Right. You know yeah, the story. The story is powerful, man. It's, and it's like it's not just shoes. I, I'm starting to realize it's everything.
1: Everything, is everything
0: products. Yeah, everything, man. And and like my guy, my, my bro Tevin. He's a he's a director. He's a film director. And he did he did a um it was kind of like a mini documentary with with Antonio Brown and for Nike. It was called Destroy Doubt. And it's the way that he. And I noticed the way that he tells stories with the camera is just amazing, and that's one thing that he told me from you know a couple of years ago was like bro, it's all about storytelling. He said Nike wouldn't exist if they didn't tell stories so, he said he, I mean we, we can say exist but like they wouldn't be number one if they didn't understand the power of storytelling right. and, um, and then I think about just man, religion, <laughs> you know, it's about that's the story. Like, the story got to be fired, you know, to move you. And so, man, everything is about storytelling. And, and, and then when I listen to Virgil say that, because that, cause that EP just came out, like, two weeks ago, and then I then I heard you say that. I'm like, yo, that's that's everything, bro. Storytelling is everything. And then when you ask about my son's shoes, like, what's the story behind it? Man, it's it's so important.
1: Yeah, man, we did a uh, – me and Ian, uh, that's desktop coffee. We did, like, a little talk with him. Students and gave them a sticky note mm-hmm. and just told them to to give us like their sneaker story within this, this sketch. Mm-hmm. And then the, the coolest things like that we've seen, like we've seen like a YouTube shoe, like press play symbol, like all over the shoe because he loved YouTube. Mm-hmm. And, man, these kids really can tell stories um, just off this little sticky note. Um, but these thoughts are really cool. To where you have like now, you know, forty students telling telling their story through sneakers. So yeah, man, it's powerful, man. Yeah, kids kids really share themselves through art. Mm-hmm. A lot of kids are like really quiet, but when you give them something to do artistically, they share who they are through it, which is which is which your son just did. Like he shared himself. Word. I, I can dig it.
0: That's what's up, man. Yeah, man do you do you look back on on your life and think about how improbable, you know, your your outcome in life has been? You know, because I think about black artists, designers, like once, once again, when I said like growing up, even though I grew up here in in Portland, Oregon, like in Nike's backyard. Um, just a, a, a black designer, bro. That's not common. And just like you said, in your, at your school, like your, your counselor was telling you, nah, you, you need to be more practical. Yeah. Um, And then you were an athlete, you know? And so, but you, it seems like it didn't matter what someone said, no. you knew what you was going to do. And yeah. so um, was it, was it tough for you or tell me about like your process of, you know, blocking out the noise and just following your dream and your passion and believing in it, you know, from, from the jump and just persevering through that.
1: And it is that, that word improbable. Is, is really, uh, it's a good word because it's just thinking about <laughs> where I'm from. Like it's quote unquote suburbs, but you know, it's countries, mm-hmm. you know, at least 15 of my, uh, my classmates or the people that I used to catch the bus with are no no longer here, bro. Mm-hmm. And I'm only 36, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That was before I left the, the, the crib. Wow. So it's just like, man, you you, you think about, uh, you know, the crime and the things that could have gone wrong. Um, and then, you know, basketball getting me out of Fayetteville. Mm-hmm. I never stopped drawing. Like anytime I had quiet time to myself, like I wasn't like studying or being a student, I would be a student of the art because it made me feel good, mm. and then like, and then finding out I can actually do it for a living, it gave me, it gave me a, a whole different, you know, uh, perspective because I wasn't, I wasn't at home no more. I didn't have the same distractions. Like, mm-hmm. I was, I was at school. I was, I went, I went to junior college first, like high school, in Southwest Missouri State, and. Um, Man, all we had was the ball. Then <laughs> when we went back in the room, you know, that was it. You know what I mean? Like, I had sketching, I had drawing. That, that, that made me, like, I never put it down. Yeah. You know, basketball was like, oh, I'm getting good, so I can, I can probably go pro.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But, you know, you know, as the years going, gone, like, getting hurt and injuries and really understanding, like, oh, man, my legs are, they're not going to last forever, man. Right. And knowing that these ideas are coming like like too easy, Mm. it's easier than a jump shot. Mm. And this this idea of, you know, our culture and the things that we experience through music and like art and fashion, like I can have control of that through my ideas. Nobody can stop me from thinking these things Mm. and tell me which way to go. And once I started to realize it, I was like, man, this is really what I want to do. And I was like, after my last college last season, bro, like, uh, you know, I, I tore my quad muscle like two years before that. And I thought like, I, I would have rather got shot. That injury was like mm. the worst injury ever. Yeah. And I'm like, man, if I can bounce back from this, like, you know, I can, I can still be, be a pro. And I did, and I ended up transferring schools to Harvard University and that school actually had a graphic design program mm. and it was amazing like yo and that, I really like the coach was like all for me being a designer and like I never had a, a, a student athlete to where was, you know trying to learn like art you know to get an art education and still you know play basketball because it takes a lot of time for both. And uh, you know, he he really pushed me, in, and it was it was uh he pushed me in both levels. He didn't he didn't cut me no slack. Like bro, we know you've been up all night, you know, designing that that oil on canvas. I mean, mm-hmm. painting that oil on canvas, but you got to be on time, right? Practice. And you know, we had a good season, man. We put a banner up, and then you know, after that, I had like uh, I had like three officers like go hoop in Germany. Mm. And then before that happened, my best friend, like his first cousin was Serena Williams. Mm. Like, shout out to my man, Mitch. <laughs> huh. And uh, he was, he was with her at the time. And I was like, it was like randomly like, yo, can I show my portfolio to her? I'm trying to get in at Night. Mm. She was the one, you know mm. what I'm saying? So it, it turned into a, yeah. So that was my focus. Like if- as No, one,
0: just, just like that, off the ask. Yeah, just
1: like that, like just being at the right spot and not being afraid to ask, because I'm I'm that guy. I'm afraid to ask. <laughs> so asking and hearst saying yes, it gave me another like focus, like nothing matters but this, because that's where I want that's where I want to go. And I just like man, I'm gonna focus on graphic design. And I'm not going overseas and hooping them. I'm not hooping I'm going to be a designer from here on out. Because I'm about to work with Serena Williams. Like, that was my goal. Right. So, yeah, I stayed in school another year and then, and then go overseas. And uh, that was, like, the moment when I was like, I'm really going for this because it's possible.
0: Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So did that did that materialize, like, instantly? Or did it take time? Or did that ever come together, you working with Serena?
1: Yeah, so so that whole year I was focused on like, okay, I gotta take another I gotta take a loan because my scholarship is done. Mm-hmm. So I gotta figure out basically how I'm gonna like I heard Serena say yes. Like I knew I wasn't tripping. <laughs> she just sent me a whole bunch of Nike stuff. Like I got I'm dripping, like I got mad sneakers. Were came from 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 Serena and, and now I gotta just like Take this opportunity to to show her what I can do, mm-hmm. so every every like project I was doing was like a sneaker project, and at the end of the year, man you know her sister hit me up it was like real life mm. I, I came home actually Mitch's uh, father passed away we came home, and her sister took us out like for breakfast, and she was like, Chris like um." They said he was working on some stuff, man, and let me see it. So, and I showed her some stuff at breakfast and she was like, all right, I'll give you some insight about what's about to happen. So she she told me, uh, she gave me a brief. Mm. She gave me a brief and I did it like a whole campaign. I didn't sleep for like five days straight.
0: Who was <laughs> grinding? Yeah, she was like, the next oh.
1: weekend she'll be in DC and and you can, you can, you know, present to her.
0: Wow. And
1: then, so that that whole five days, man, I went in. Mm. Um, one of my best friends, Sean, that I went to school with, you know, he he helped me make sure everything was like like perfect for that for that time. And I went up there, man. We sat down in her uh in her trailer before her match. Yeah. That five minutes, dude. <laughs> and that five minutes turned this. two minutes. Like you need to hurry up with this. Right.
0: Yeah. And you uh, worked five days nonstop.
1: Yep.
0: for five minutes or maybe less than that.
1: <laughs> maybe less than that, bro. Yeah. like yo, you got two minutes. You got to get out of here. Yeah, and I got to my packaging um, design man, and she kicked everybody out the trailer man. Mm. And she was like, Chris, I, I don't have any power to get you at Nike, um, but I am starting a, a line of my own called Aniris, and I would love for you to be the design. And I was like, man. <laughs> Like it happened like this is happening, man. I'm looking at her like I ain't never designed no women's high heels, but I will. Yeah, yeah I will. Word. And then after that match, she she invited us up to like her. Uh, it was like a <laughs> it's like a little pool party, man. Like an indigo pool at the top of the roof. Oh man, at some fancy hotel, and you know she showed me all her high heels, and she was like, "This is stuff we we'll be. I'm, I'm trying to do like." It's create a home line that's that's luxury that's hard you know? yeah that's when that's when it began man. that's like and like, what
0: year I, was that i was still in Fayetteville man okay
1: i was still in Fayetteville working at a furniture store bro
0: word <laughs> and it just it just took off
1: yeah so that that happened for a year mm-hmm. i was doing a lot of a lot of stuff for her for a year just doing like what's so. Uh, apparel illustrations like fashion illustrations yeah and it wasn't necessarily uh a lot of footwear stuff
0: okay
1: um but i took the liberty to, to start designing my home mm. because i was interning at another graphic design spot while i was working for her and um i ended up doing a dual hill on a high hill and i sent it to her man mm, man she went
0: crazy <laughs> See, I seen that. I was reading that you it was talking about you were designing heels. I'm like, uh, is, are they what are they talking about exactly? <laughs> is he so really designing like, high heels, too? That's hard. So yeah, that was that was one of the crazier
1: ideas I had, and she loved it. Her, her, her team thought it was like too risky. Mm. But but then like, you know, I got too much of a good reaction from too many people to where I'm like, I gotta push this, like, I gotta figure this out because her, her HSN line started to like blow up and then mm. you know, Aniris was like put on the back burner. Mm-hmm. So they had to go for the money. So HSN went and then I lost my job with Aniris because you know they discontinued that, that, uh, that line. Mm. But I still took that idea of the dual hill and I wanted to make it happen. And that was a time like um, I won after I won uh, future Soul, like my friend um, Quentin Finnegan, he was uh he seen he seen what I was doing. Mm-hmm. He was like, man, we uh, should. do was a
0: football player, right? Like DB. Yeah football, yeah.
1: yeah, football. And um, you know, he wanted to do that, so we took that as a passion project. He was like, yo, you can do it. Y'all. I just I, I can't. do any the groundwork with you, mm-hmm. so I had to. I had to make this thing come alive, and and that was to start a Christopher Floyd collection. Mm. I started to do my own because we started to see the problem with high heels. You know, with Serena, like seeing she showed me a shoe, like yo, I paid fifteen hundred dollars for this, but I can wear it for an hour before mm. it's like killing my feet. Yeah. So that was like the thought. Like after I got invited to, uh, you know, pencil, like, that was the thought to actually make a comfortable mm. high heel shoe. Mm. That was the problem, and man, that was that invite alone was insane because the Future Soul shoe was supposed to come out, but it got knocked off in China. Mm. So Dwayne was like, "The shoe's not coming out," but I invited you to like a, a Jordan Brand Classic game, and that's when I that's when he invited me to uh, Pensacola for the first time. And I got nice. to work on that that Dual Hill shoe. Yeah. Yeah, so now nah, it's it's just telling you this, you know. Um, it's it's a beautiful thing because I'm from Fayetteville, man. Like you either go to the military, you go work overseas as a contractor, you're in the medical field, or you selling drugs in jail, doing something. You got no business.
2: Yeah,
1: But just work in retail, mate like, And I had a dream of doing something simple as sketching a shoe on a, on a piece of paper mm-hmm. it started to take me places, man, and start, start to see these things unfold. It's just like, man, this, like, you do have to dream. Like, it's, as cliche as it sounds, like, you do have to dream outside of the norm if you want something different to happen in your life. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. And, man, I, I felt like starting to see these things, like, some of these things, like, still, like, I can't believe I witnessed that or experienced that, mm-hmm. but it, it happened because I thought it would. Yeah. I had the guts to not like, to not hold back and like, go. I'm gonna uh, that ain't for me.
0: And one of the things is like, when you when you love what you do, mm-hmm. it, it make obviously it makes it easier, but it helps you go through like what some would call an uncomfortable situation. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes, like you'll work a job or you'll be doing something that you know is, like, not necessarily for you. Right. But you're doing that because that's a bridge to get you to do what you love.
2: Yes. And so
0: it's it's funny because certain people will be, like, they'll be working a job. And I and I know a lot of talented people here in Portland um, mm-hmm. that that aren't doing what they love mm-hmm. because it wasn't popping off right away. Right. You know what I mean? And um, – Yeah. And it's, and it's like, it's nothing is guaranteed, but you got to Like, if you love it, man, there's nothing more rewarding than trying. Like people think it's a failure if you don't succeed or if you don't reach your goal, it's a failure. If you don't try, (laughs) you know what I mean? But if you, if you try, you're going to learn so much along the way and you're going to look back and not have no regrets. But if you try, honestly, you have a strong se- uh, chance of succeeding if you don't. If you just keep going, like right. the more you go, you're going to become an expert at doing that, yeah. and then it's going to be harder for you to fail. The more you fail, if that makes sense, you know what I mean?
1: Nah, man, that makes perfect sense, man. Yeah, I, I, uh, that just like know, kind of kind of morphs into the the evolution of my story, man. Just thinking about like the whole Christopher Coy and actually making that happen. Mm-hmm and it didn't work out the way i I planned it you know what i'm saying um and i used to always be down on myself about it being a failure but all the things i learned from that like i innovated in italy by making a shoe comfortable and at at the highest level Mm. of of fashion and it's like it didn't last long but it, it it happened yeah and I experienced all of that and I have you can't take the experience away, you can only use it for the next chapter. And that's what I've been learning, man. Like this just continue to take what you what you've done and build off of it. That's all you can trying. Do. Trying is hard, but once you try, you'll see some you'll see some results. Yeah. And then you can try again.
0: The the <laughs> hardest part about trying is really just the fear.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, at the end of the day, it's just fear because typically whatever you're trying, you're already good at. You know that you're good at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been it's been eating you a, away on the inside for not doing it. So True. you're just trying is like, all right, I have to get over the fear while doing this. And right. then when I get over the fear while doing this, then I can act, I'll start to flourish even more because I'm already interested. I already love this. I'm already good at it. Yep. Now, I'm, now I'm becoming a master. You know, that's powerful, man. Yeah, the master is, is where it's at, man. Just, just keep going. But like you're, you're at this point of your career, you've been doing this for quite some time and like, what would you contribute to your success the most? You know, I mean, you, you had started twenty twenty ten. 2010, you had the future soul, but then you came back 2016 um, footwear news future footwear winner and in twenty seventeen World Sneaker Championship. What set you apart from your contemporaries? What's what's different about Chris Dixon? Why are you, you know, one of the most world-renowned designers? What's different about you, bro? <laughs> it's hard, it's hard to give myself that title, man, but um You already won it. You already won it. They they gave you the title, you know what I mean? It's definitely different.
1: It's definitely <laughs> different because I, I I didn't know until I was 26 that this was even possible. Mm-hmm. I didn't go to a design school for product design. I just kind of, I followed my passion um, and I wanted it. So, you know, I think God put some people in my life to help me, um, you know, blossom as a, as a designer. That's who I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. You know, um, can't take take the credit for like my gift because, you know, it's God giving think it's the, the other iron that sharpened my iron that, that helped me like be who I am today and who I am like trying to be still. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've reached that point yet. You know what I'm saying? After you know, all of those things that we talked about, I still feel like um, the bed has just to come. Uh, it, it's, it's not there yet.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's why the whole con- constant development, it comes in like after winning World Sneaker, I mean, I was on, I truly was on top of the world because it was it was four years since I, I designed sneakers for real. Mm. So when that 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 uh, I was always in the dress category of these competitions like on the hills. So to come back in 17 was like, yo, let me see if I can still do this. And it was like I like was saying that trying, that trying, trying word <laughs> having an idea of you know, paying homage to someone in Black history that I feel like doesn't get the credit, which was pencil Footwork Academy, and I wanted to be there. So I wanted to create a story to capture that. And man, that, I felt like that story and that shoe really gave me a whole different vision of what what could be. And I was just like starting a whole, like a whole new thing not Christopher Coy, but CD. Like CD is it's what the homies call me. But I wanted to create more so a community of people that have the same thoughts as CD. And that's like uh, you know, having conscious design, creative, creative uh, what I said, creative dis- uh, disruption. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Culture and diversity. I mean, I, I can't diversity. Yeah. yeah, that's that's heavy.
1: Man. Yeah. Just just having these CD things and people being a part of a a, a movement of getting better,
2: mm.
1: and that's you know, as a designer, as a husband, as a as a father, like you know, as a as a as a spiritual person, like just getting better mm. every day, and then creating something with purpose. I think that's where I'm at now. It's just like I want to create with purpose. Like it has to be a conscious de- design.
2: Mm.
1: It has to be like to where we know this product that I, I just created will help the next generation be better than me. Where? So talk,
0: talk more about that, bro. I mean, cause you cause you made a statement. You said, uh, you know, we're targeted to consume and not targeted as creatives. You know, so. So talk about like what, what you and Dwayne and, and the folks at Pencil are, are doing and, and working to change that narrative, you know? Man, that should be a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> For real. It really should be. <laughs> nah, it's like I said, the purpose.
1: Purpose, man. Like they 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 as in the corporate um, companies, you know, we're at this age now or this time now that, you know, being black is cool. And now they figure, oh, we need to, we need to what we need to been doing like a long time ago like we need to put these people up front these people need to be in positions. these people but we didn't know that Mm. and all this time you know i'm saying we didn't know that because it's a lot of kids at these at these schools that don't know the opportunities they have in the food industry all they know is that next cop i'm gonna be the freshest because i got the newest and they haven't, shit, they, they've taken from our community as far as our culture, and things that we do as a consumer. Um, it's how people are designed, but we've been the target of consumer for years. Mm-hmm. And we haven't been the target consumer, target consumers to actually learn how to do what, you, what you're trying to sell. them. So I think now, like me being, uh, you know, my mid thirties, it's, I can be the person that I needed when I was 16. Or Fifteen to tell you, hey, bro, like I know you got the, you know, my like Travis Scott song, but just imagine you being the, the person behind doing the color for that, mm-hmm. like that's possible. Cause I just I just help someone get into that that building, mm-hmm. so that that part of um, being a designer, I don't think I can get from working at a company, cause I'm getting to help the next generation of artists and creatives, you know, figure out their superpower. That's a fact. Being able to use it at these companies and like, the companies now don't have an excuse. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, well, let me not say that the, the once you find out what, what, can, what can happen, you don't have an excuse no more. Right. Cause you, you see, you see Chris, you see all these other people that look like you,
0: Doing it, you no, know, you know, Precious.
1: Precious is the homie.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. She she was hey. on the show, episode one hundred and one. Yes, yeah, that's, that's the homie. But uh, yeah, F- folks like you, Precious, uh Latoy Kamara. I went to high school with her. You know, okay. and so it's just like, yeah, we can do this. Like, we really Absolutely. got people here locally that's that's doing it big. Yeah, man. I think a lot of people,
1: uh, you know, Dwayne te- teaches us to like. Now, each one teach one Yeah, and I think it's our responsibility you know, I'm not gonna if this is a room full of 30 my whole goal is to reach one mm-hmm. and you don't know what that, that, that change can do in a person's life um, to help them blossom into a, a whole new person you know a whole new uh, you know, thought process of who they can be and what, what they can, their future looks like and I love that part about pencil, man, just being, you know, just being an avenue of, you know, get to, to that level that you want to get to. It's like, I know that person who's hiring, so I'm going I'm to tell them, like, Yo, your work is, is dope, you should check it out.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That, that's cool to me, because I'm helping someone. I'm not just, like, helping myself. But also, I'm getting to work with, you know, one of the people I looked up to, uh, a legend in design. No doubt. That's, that's amazing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's, as a designer, you know, trying to get to this level, like, I don't want to work for Nike, I want to work for, but being able to work with the wing is, is uh, that, that word you had mentioned earlier, power. Oh. <laughs> it's like, man.
0: And I'll be remiss if we didn't break that down. So just let people know briefly, like, you know, what Pen is, we've been saying that, we haven't really explained it. What it is uh, and, and, and how it came about and, and what it's all about.
1: Oh, pencil is, is a, a full academy. Um, it's something that Dwayne said he wanted what he needed when he was a kid. Um, mm-hmm. Cause he kind of found his, his passion the same way through a, a newspaper ad, a drawing con- contest. So he wanted to discover you know, people like himself. You know, uh, to share the art of footwear design, mm-hmm. and um, that's been the mission, man. Like it's being a, a talent pool, and you know, uh, teaching teaching people that are interested and have a passion for design, showing them the process, and and, and all in, in the highest at the highest level, you know, because we're working with different brands. So mm-hmm. all the courses we do, we, we we work with um, you know the top brands in, in the industry, and we create these these programs that these students can learn, and then at the end they can present to the to the companies, um, like firsthand. Mm. So you know you see a lot more people getting in through Pensho because of just the avenue that we have, and you know the connections that the land has made to where. You just don't get to talk to, to brands face to face, and this is where this ha- that that happens. And we've been doing you know consecutive uh, classes with New Balance. We've been doing uh, classes with Puma. Mm. Doing diversity programs with uh, Nike. Um, we did you know the pencil and paper challenge with with Hoka. Mm. That's been a success. So it's just like the outreach of. Um, touching, you know, creatives has been like the most rewarding thing in design, I mean, not just like creative products, which like some of my products are not out there yet, but I got a lot of heat like cooking, but the part, the give back part, like paying it forward before you actually get that, it makes it more it, like makes it more rewarding, um, have an impact on the life.
0: That's dope. That's what's up, man. Well, shoot, man. I'm- we're going we're gonna to wrap this up. I and mean, We're going to get into the Fab Five. These are five questions that I ask all my guests. But this is going to be a, uh, a special version, a sneaker week edition of Fab Five. Thanks, man. So just five questions. The first thing that comes to your mind, just go ahead and, and spit it out. So first question, um, you kind of alluded to this earlier, talking about your friend that had all the shoes. But what was the dopest shoe that you never owned, but you wanted in middle school or high school?
1: Um, the dopest shoe that I wanted was Silver
0: so Bullet 97.
1: Air Max 97. Man, I wanted that shoe so bad. Bro. Word. I still, ain't, I still ain't bought it yet.
0: What you mean, man? You got you got plenty of time and opportunity, man. What's going on? Yeah,
1: it's retro so many times. Yeah. But that's, that's the shoe that I'm going to wear when I go to Japan. And I'm going to buy it before I go to Japan. <laughs> my but that's the shoe, though. Right. Air Max. That's what's
0: up. Um question number two. Did you ever own a pair of lugs and why not? I did not. I, <laughs> I know you didn't. Who who but, wore lugs, man? Come on now. I remember lugs did
1: they had uh a magazine ad in five magazine. Uh-huh. And it was an all-white lug with a clear bottom. And, I don't know if you remember
0: that. No, I don't. They, the photographer you liked it? That, that, don't, that don't sound good. I'm not going to lie to you, bro. <laughs> no, man, listen.
1: I didn't give them, but my homeboy, Greg,
0: got him. And I'm like, you know,
1: when he got him, I'm like, man, I'm glad I didn't get that shoe because it was so
0: bulky. Oh, they were so bulky. That And, like,
1: the, the camera angle made it look, like, super sleek. And when he got it, I was like, oh, that was one
0: <laughs> But look, I got, a, I got a confession, bro. I did own a pair of lugs, man. Because... I think they were less expensive than Timberlands. Yeah, and were. my dad, he wasn't buying shoes. Like my dad was not spending money on shoes and clothes for me. So like this was middle school. Okay. And I think they was they was on sale in Foot Locker for like 40 or 50 bucks. So I had these bulky, nasty, all black lugs. And you know, they were they were so gross. But I just wanted the name brand. But I look back on it like, man, that was that was a bad choice, bro. <laughs> Those were some ugly shoes, man. Get down with the lugs. That didn't <laughs> want, but nah, that wasn't there for me. Word. Um, question number three. Out of Deodora, Asics, and Siccone, which of these brands have you owned the most, if at all? Um, Asics. Asics.
1: Yeah, in high school, I came through. Everybody was doing Sicconi. I ended up buying a pair. Um, and. I ended up just like seeing some some joints, some tiger joints. Mm. I switched it up. It started a trend at the at the school, and then like I was like, man, I fool with ASICs heavy. You know what I'm saying? I started running them. Mm. I did cross country for for a time or two, and I jumped on jumped on the basics. That's what's
0: up. I remember when Sacconi's was popping, man. I had a pair of uh, it was like navy blue suede with like the silver in, in the oh, middle. Yeah. yeah. The Coney's was hard back in the day. Yeah, that was they, they had their way. They did. Every, every kid was getting it. Yep. Um question number four. Who's on your Mount Rushmore of shoe designers? Ooh, we top four.
1: Top four. Man. Uh I got I got Avar, Eric Avar. Mm. I got D wayne Edwards. You got East Scott. Morris says four. Yeah. Ooh we. Man.
0: man, that fourth went tough. <laughs> CD. I mean, you you can put yourself in there. It's okay. It's okay. Ah, I ain't gonna put
1: myself there. man, I'm gonna <laughs> do. I'm gonna do I'm gonna do Ben Slamming.
0: Yeah, Ben. Yeah, Ben's definitely one of my favorites. That's what's up. He does a cowboy. Are Kyrie. those some recent people that are that are still designing? Or those Ben is designers? recent. Mm-hmm. Scott is.
1: Uh, matter of fact, I'm gonna do. I can't. I can only do that. for... I want to do Jason Maiden because of just the. The Storyteller, man, he's just a king of storytelling to me. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as, yeah, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do Eric, D E, E. Scott, and Jay J, J. Mm. That's my
0: mom. No, uh, no Tinker Hatfield, huh? No Tinker man. Um,
1: <laughs> I like, I, I like Tinker. He's he definitely in my top ten, but yeah, it it's a certain like, like it'd be like Tinker and D E if it was. A battle for me, just because I didn't know who Dwayne Edwards were was, mm-hmm.
0: and I was playing in
1: all of his shoes, <laughs> all all of the Mellows, the 22s, Like I was, I was buying those.
0: Tell us, tell us more about his, you know, his catalog.
1: Man, he, Roy Jones Jr., mm. Derek Jeter, <laughs> Carmelo Anthony. Michael mm. Jordan, you made the first equestrian boot for um, Nike. Wow. Um, the Goa Dome, the Nike boot. Wow. ACG joint.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's, that's Dwayne. Oh, that's hard, bro. 21, 22. Uh, and then all the Kalkanai stuff, man. Like, when, really? Mad kids were like, that's all D.E. So it's, it's it's cool to see, like, um, this stuff is insane. and then And then you got E. Scott. E. Scott did all of Mike Big.
0: Mm. <laughs> joints was hard, man. I think them came out. When them come out, man? They, they came out, uh, like, in mid- mid, mid-2000s? Yeah, man, Yeah, this nice
1: collection. Yeah, them was hard, bro. Yeah, we, we did Shaq, Shaq. Sat shoes, Emmitt Smith shoes. Mm. guy he's got a beast. Then he did play Thompson, so he anyway. mm. well, The uh what's what's his brand that he's with? Uh it's Anta. Okay. Chinese brand, but he's still designing man.
0: Isn't entered are they based in Portland? No,
1: nah, they're they actually um they got a spot in Cali. Okay. In China. I think he's in China though. Okay. Yeah. Avar just did penny, the, flat, the phone posits. Oh, the like, phone
0: posits. Yeah, you you definitely in the top. Well, you know top four. <laughs> if you got the phones, like period.
1: Yes, yeah, so I ain't gonna go down his list, bro. You did the phone posits, the flight posits, and the pennies. Oh man, Gary Payton's
0: crazy. That's what's up, bro. Who who designed the Dion Sanders? Um, let's see the, the original question. ones with, like, the gold on the side. I need to find out who that. Is. Man, them they shoes are done. so hard. To this day, them is, like, one of my favorite shoes that I've ever owned, man. Them, them shoes. Know, diamond hard. turfs are hard
1: to beat, man.
0: Yeah.
1: I lost yeah. my diamond turfs at the pool. They got stolen. Yeah, got a whooping. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you did, bro.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Somebody I paid a lot of money for them shoes, man. Yeah, them
1: $100 shoes are hard to come by as a kid.
0: Right. Can't do nothing but give you up, and that's it, bro. <laughs> All right, last question, question number five, man. What advice do you have for little black girls and little black boys that aspire to get into design but don't know where to start?
1: Well, man, um, constant development, man, is, is what, I'm, what I'm hoping that, you know, children can use to actually get better. Um, so I'm creating, like, you know, sketchbooks, so they can, you know, practice every day. Okay. And that that's what mm-hmm. it's going to take. It's going to take practice and passion every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, if that's just a little sticky note, it's um, a little thumbnail drawing. Like, mm-hmm. as long as you do it every day, and you're practicing. You love it. You can't stop doing it. Then your passion is going to, is going to take you to a place where you're going to learn more. Yeah. And, you know, constant development, that's what I'm trying to provide. Uh, you know, even through Sneaker Week, um, that's, that's my, my little part of Sneaker Week. I just want to give some time, hour and a half, for three days, and, you know, show some kids how to, you know, properly draw sneakers. And hopefully that, you know, that can help them, you know, form a, a good habit of, of drawing and doing something constructive every day whether that's you know drawing sneakers or doing colorways. um i want to be that person to provide um you know some type of product to help them uh, form good good habits of drawing and in, in, in art and design
0: that's dope yeah. so sneakers. do you do you have the logistics of that already is that already mapped out for you? like where you're going to be and where, where folks can tap into that during sneaker week Oh, okay. So yeah, um,
1: it's going to be through the um, August twelfth through the fourteenth. Okay, every day at two thirty to four o'clock. And if you go to snakefoodpdx.com, you can register. Um, there's only twenty slots. Mm. Very limited. Um, and basically, you know, you register, and you get that that the downloadable. We X thirty, two thirty, man. We can sip some some coffee and. and or a juice box, whatever you want to sip. <laughs> right.
0: My, my, my son ain't going to drink no coffee now. Hold on. You don't want kids drinking coffee. Right. Nah. They don't, they don't need no more energy. They, they got enough.
1: Nah. So, nah, that's, that's a, basically the gist of what I'll be doing for Sneaker Week, man. Just okay. Just thinking out and sketching, man. And, and, uh, hopefully, share some creative thoughts and some basic understanding of what sneaker sketching you know, or sneaker design looks like.
0: That's what's up. So August 12th through the 14th, gonna mm-hmm. be from 230 to 4 o'clock. We need to go to sneakerweekpdx.com and search or how how, how will we find it exactly?
1: Oh, okay. So it's, it's um you would definitely go to uh, it's a calendar you click, okay. you know, constant development sneaker sketching. Okay. And it'll it'll give you all the, the deets. Perfect. Yeah, no, but it's Pacific time, too, so if you if you in the East Coast or you know, the Midwest, definitely definitely 2.30 to 4 o'clock Pacific time.
0: And it's all virtual? It's virtual.
1: virtual, yeah, so you can be anywhere and catch this. And then, you know, afterwards, we'll, we'll be doing more.
0: For sure. Yeah, we'll be doing more. That's what's up, man. Yeah. Well, Chris, man, I appreciate your time, man, and your stories and just being able to hear hear you share everything that you went through and and what has inspired you to get to this point, man. It's an honor, bro, so I I appreciate you. I appreciate you having me. It's always uh, good to to know where you came
1: from so you can get to where you want to go. That's a fact. Yes, sir.
0: That's a fact, man. But shoot, man, we're about to get out of here, man. You have a good rest of your day. Yeah. I will, man. The sun is still shining here. Yes, well, man. Still, still a beautiful day, man. So uh, y'all in Portland, man, make the most of this weather, make the most of this sun because y'all know it's going to be gone and when it go, it ain't coming back. So you know what it is. But all right, man, signing off. Once again, it's the Sox and Sandals Podcast where society, culture, history, and religion collide and we unapologetically discuss our worldviews. will at y'all next time. Grace and peace.